Hey, and just a quick reminder that the audio-only versions of these Vital MX interviews are available on the Vital MX podcast page. Search for it anywhere you get your pods and let your friends know about it. Hey, this is Jamie with Vital MX. Today, I have the owner of Pro SX MX Tech Trade School, Scott Adkins, on the line. What's going on, Scott? Oh, not much right now. I'm just teaching some class here at the school. I was wondering, because I thought this was the time of the year where class was in session, so I was wondering if you were even going to have much time to do this. Yeah, we'll make time for you. Uh, but no, we go from 8 to 2 every day, and we go from October to June. So, um, you know, we give these guys everything they need to be successful. Well, yeah, I want to get into everything you do. Uh, I would like to start with your background first. You were a pro rider, I think, from 2001 yep. to 2004, uh, at what level of a pro rider were you? What was your background racing? Um, I grew up riding, and then I turned professional. Um, and I didn't do very many nationals and stuff. I realized really fast that just didn't have what it takes, um, basically financially. I think I had to work ethic, and I had what it would take if you could start it a little sooner and had the funding. Um, but unfortunately, I didn't, so I got out of that, and then um you know chad sander i gotta give him a lot of credit he helped me get started as a mechanic um really showed me some stuff and got me going and then from there i just busted ass man made it happen um just worked really hard and kept my head on straight and then that led me into um you know a lot of these factory teams and opened a lot of doors for me to be able to work for some of the top guys in our sport um and then from there that's when i then uh quit as a mechanic or retired as a mechanic and then started my trade school. At Chad Sander, that's uh, 1110 Mods? Yep, yep, that's correct. He's from right here in PA. We rode a lot together um, back in the day, and like I said, he uh, he was a professional rider himself. I actually worked with him, um, and he qualified for High Point after he had broke his back, um, and that was one of the last races that he ever qualified for. Um, and then from there, then that led me to being more on the mechanic side of things. Was that something that you always sort of had a passion for, was working on bikes, or was it like, oh, well, I want to stay in the industry. I better find something else to do because, like you said, you weren't quite fast enough or financially um, or didn't have the financial means to go full pro? Yeah, I think it's a little bit of both. I enjoy working on the bikes, and you know, I think I wanted to obviously stay in this industry. I've, I've watched it since I was a little kid, just like everybody else. Um and I wanted to be a part of it. I just, you know, you don't really know what you know, you know, as you get older. But um, I look back on it now and I realized, you know, it was the right it was the right path. You know, the second best thing to do if you're not the rider is to be the mechanic. Um, obviously, my dream was to be the racer. Um, but sometimes, you know, you got to go with your B plan. And my B plan then was to become a mechanic. And I don't regret any of it. It was really fun. Um, it was a great time, met a lot of great people, um, and, and it furthered my knowledge so I can do what I do now. Uh, yeah, definitely. It, you were a factory mechanic for, I believe like 12 years is what you said in the past, uh, yes. worked for guys like Kelly Smith, Nick way, Ryan Sipes, Jeremy Martin, Christoph Purcell. Uh, yeah, just talk about a, a little bit of the years doing that, what that was like, how much fun, how much work it was. Yeah, obviously it's a lot of work. Um, I've seen a lot of changes throughout our sport from the two-stroke to the four-stroke. Um, and then, you know, guys that are on the circuit now, they kind of have it made uh, as opposed to what we had, you know, 20 years ago. 
Um, and then even at Yamaha Troy, we built our engines on the semi truck. <laughs> so we would build engines Wednesday, you know, build our bike Thursday, set up Friday. And then we actually had to race Saturday to make it into the sun- Sunday qualifiers. So we did a lot more, you know, those first early years of my career than they do now. Um, it, it, it wasn't based off of time qualifying and things like that. You actually had to race your way in. And it was a lot of work. I mean, we were gone six, basically six days a week, you know, back then, because like I said, we built our engines on the truck. Um, so the workload was extreme. But looking back on it, I don't feel like I've ever worked a day in my life just because <laughs> you go there and you enjoy what you do. And then when you have the results, you know, to back that up, um, it, it takes away all that hard work. Yeah, I could see that. It, it, um, when you say the guys have it, I don't know, maybe the, the term easier now isn't quite right, but I mean, it does seem a little easier than the box van days. There's this, there's a specific, uh, technician for almost every aspect of the bikes, you know, and we kind of hear the joke sometimes grip, gra- uh, grips and graphics for mechanics these days, which isn't right. true, but yeah, definitely yeah. not having the drive and the box vans across country and, and the grind is a little different. They still put a lot of hours in, but it's a little different. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I agree. You know, it's not that it's easier. It's just that, like you said, you have a, a little bit bigger team. And I think some of these teams have realized, you know, hey, one guy can't do it all. He can't keep up, you know, with the four strokes and the data and all the stuff that we put on these bikes now and how perfect they have to be. You know, a guy like Eli or, or Jet, you know, they're really, you know, beating on those machines. And when you do that, those things have to be a hundred percent right, obviously, or, you know, they're going to have a bunch of DNFs. Um, but that's also where my program comes into play. I get these younger kids, the really good base that they need then to be successful, to be at that level. Definitely. Uh, for you as a mechanic, <clears throat> supercross or outdoors? What's that? As a mechanic, supercross or outdoors? Um, as a racer in me, I like the outdoor stuff. But as a mechanic, Supercross, uh, I mean, it's easier because you do less time on the bike. It's on a, you know, prepped track, unless it's a mud race or something weird. But for the most part, your bike doesn't get beat up as bad in Supercross. It stays a lot cleaner. Um, They ride it for less time. So it is a lot less work. It's more of a show where the outdoor is a lot more work for mechanics because you're out in the elements. Then you have to wash your bike more. You're running back and forth. You got two motos. They put more time on it. Things get beat up more. Um, but at the end of the day, you frame the bike every week, you look for cracks, you inspect it. That's the main thing that we do is we make sure that that thing is ready to go. Um, you know, we don't tear them down just to clean them. Um, we tear them down to, so we can clean them and then inspect them to make sure everything's perfect. But, um, I like supercross personally (laughs) as, um, a mechanic. And then as the racing side of it, I like the outdoors, you know, the great outdoors, you can't go wrong there. Uh, so when the idea, well, from your years on the road, I sure people constantly, hey, how do I do what you do? How did you get your job? And they want to, they want to live that. They think they want to live that life. That you know, they believe that it, it just looks all glitz and glam. Is that something that you got a lot that you had to kind of tell people? Well, it's a lot of work. Oh yeah, I mean, you know, I think if if you follow the sport and you actually understand it, then you realize what you're kind of getting into because you have the love for the sport. Now, if you are an outsider and you're just looking at, oh, man, it's cool. We can hold the pit boards and hang out with the riders. Um, you know, you're just fooling yourself. But I think if you're a true hardcore guy, you know what it takes. Yep. And that, those are the guys I really like to have in my school, the guys that 
um, put the work in and, and kind of understand the sport. If you just woke up one day and started watching the race and said, I'm going to go be a professional mechanic, obviously you can get there. It's just going to take a few years to establish yourself and, and get the education that you need. Um, but yeah, it's a lot of hard work. I mean, you're doing a lot of 16, you know, 18 hour days. Um, and it might be consecutive, you know, you know, six, seven days a week for a while. Um, especially leading up to like Anaheim one and then the switch, the transition from supercross to outdoors, um, a lot of long days, but as far as, uh, work goes, I was never scared of it. Um, and if, that's sounds like something that you guys want to do, then that's something that you guys could get signed up for. And, and like I said, I would, it, this program is a good base for you. You're going to get what you need so you can be successful, you know, later on. When did the idea uh, come about for doing a trade school? Was it while you were working as a mechanic or when that was winding yeah. down? Yeah, it was actually, I, I kind of started bouncing the idea around in 2011 and 12 and I actually met a exactly what you said a couple kids came up to me at washugal and was like hey how do you get into this this is really sounds really fun we'd like to do it so i actually bounced the idea off of them and uh you know the next year i went back and i talked to them again well come 2014 they were my first two signups um and his name was jeffrey and cody out of uh, washington state and jeffrey actually went on to work for ryan sipes in the gncc series over at coastal racing um, and he was in it for a while and then he chose to go back home and, and do the thing there. But, uh, no, nah, so I, I kind of thought of the idea and I got this game plan all sorted out way before I pulled the trigger on it. Um, I, I had a pretty good plan, uh, set in front of me. I had the financial side of it saved up. Um, and then when I was ready to do it, then I could pull the trigger on it. Uh, and I did that in 2014. So you, you started in 2014? Correct. Yep. How long would you say it took before it came to fruition? How many years? Um, I'd say two years because I started thinking about it in 2012. And then during 12 and 13, I kind of put all the, you know, the pieces of the puzzle together. And then 14, I opened it. It was my first year for school, uh, October 2014. What were the hurdles to get it going, to get the word out? This is sort of a new idea to do a motocross, supercross specific trade school. Um, you know, a lot of people say, make sure you have a very good business plan and stuff. And I, I had that, but I had it all. I just kind of knew what to do. I had it all in my head. Um, I didn't really cross too many hurdles, uh, honestly to, to do this program, you know, I had it set in stone. Um, I had thought through, you know, I needed a website. I needed, you know, obviously to get kids to recognize and see my school, I'm going to have to do advertising. So obviously with Racer X here in my backyard, it was pretty easy. I did a couple ads on Racer X. I just bought the banner on the, on the website. They did a couple ads on the website. And as soon as they did that, then kids could go check out my, my uh, website. Then they would sign up and email me. And then once they email me, then I could contact them, um, whether it be telephone or more through emails. Um, but I'd call them and say, Hey, then I can send you some paperwork. So I had a professional contract written up. Um, and I did all that in kind of the off season, um, uh, from 14, uh, when I was done with Kristoff until the school started. And even when I was working with Kristoff, I was still coming back here on the week through the week and actually working on all this stuff. So then once the kid can contact me, then I could send him some paperwork and then he could see what he was getting into and then he could sign up and then send back a deposit. What do you feel like, what do you feel sets Pro SX MX Tech apart from, say, an MMI or any other school that might be around? 
Uh, a lot of stuff. Um, number one is class size. I take 10 to 12 students where MMI takes more. Um, what I teach, um, I teach all modern four stroke, you know, which is what we're racing. I teach all brands. Um, and then the quality of what we have here, it's all new bikes. You're not going to be in here, you know, learning on a, a four wheeler or street bike or anything like that. Um, and then I think the biggest thing is connections. You know, I have the connections in the sport to get the guys, the jobs, you know, you want to get placed right out of school. Um, and I've tried to, I've, you know, I work really hard to do that every, each and every year. Um, and then I think also too, you're learning from a guy who has actually done it, you know, not some guy who maybe came from a dealership or he, maybe he's passionate as Harley's, but he's teaching you a motocross, you know? So it's, you don't have that, you know, that full connection whenever you go to a different program, um, other than mine, because what is here is basically what exactly, uh, what you're going to be doing. What does the class cover? It's a long school. Does it, it covers every aspect of what motocross, supercross bikes, what, what would need to be done? I mean, engine suspension, uh, tranny, everything. Yep. Correct. Um, basically first part of my program is parts recognition. Um, that's learning the machines. You got to know what a piston is. You got to know what the cam chain tensioner does. You need to know all these parts. Um, and then you practice build. Then we get into setup as part two. That's what it takes to make that bike work better. Um, such as triple clamps and raising the forks, lowering the forks, um, tire sizes, you know, just all the setup stuff, uh, longer linkage pull rod, um, how to properly set sag. Uh, the third part is problem diagnostics. So let's just say you hit the start bu- button and nothing happens. Like, where do you look? Where, what do you do? So I trace down uh, all these, if you have any kind of problem. So uh, we need to, you guys need to understand that if you have a problem, where to look and then diagnose that problem quick so you can fix it because time is not our friend usually at the races. Um, and then the fourth part is exactly that. It's time drills. And drills kind of speed you up. Um, so you know how to work on the bike. You know how to set it up. You know how to fix it if there's a problem. And then you're fast at it. And I assume, aside from the mechanic skills, you probably also talk about just being on the road, the the, the rigors of <clears throat> not being home much, maybe missing your family, the long hours, kind of explaining to them, hey, it's, again, it's not it's not all fun and games. It's There's a <laughs> lot to it. You, you know, there's... There's 18-hour day on Saturday, and then you're up Sunday morning rebuilding the bike in the parking lot of a hotel sometimes. <laughs> hey, that's it. You know, so no matter what question that these guys have, I can answer it. You know, from what it's like being on the road to what you do at the test track, um, you know, and that's why it's very important to learn from, um, you know, a guy like myself that have been there and we've done that, you know, because we understand what it takes. And we didn't just dabble in it. You know, this is my life. Uh, you know, I've spent 43 years in this. I've done nothing but motocross and supercross. So, uh, again, I can answer pretty much any of those questions and then really bring to life exactly what they're going to be doing, uh, you know, every day if they want to make this a career. Uh, you mentioned the smaller classes is one of the things that sets you apart. How many employees do you have? Is it just you or do you have people helping Nope, just me. Wow. I teach. Um, I teach it all: engines, um, transmission breakdown. We go through all the electrical, not and obviously not just where what what that plug is. Like, what does it plug into? Um, so, if you have coolant temperature sensor, how to you know how to test those sensors? If you have TPS, you know a throttle positioning sensor, 
So not only what is the sensor, but then how to test it, if that sensor is good or bad in its function, what it does. So we go through everything. Um, like I said, full transmission, all the timing. Um, you know, some of the cool little, uh, you know, trade, like the trade secrets in a way, uh, little tech tips all the way through. Um, we do truing of wheels, uh, wheel building, bearings. I mean, there's not a part on a bike that these guys won't touch and touch extensively time and time again. Um, so obviously this is like a, it's a trade school, but think of it more of a, as a training center, Yeah, you know, Alden, he trains the riders. I train the mechanics. Yeah. It's really cool that you do it all by yourself. I thought you might have a couple guys helping you. That's, that's impressive. Yeah. I don't have anybody right now, <laughs> but you know, the sky's the limit. The future's bright. Maybe, you know, who's to say I don't start another school or maybe, you know, maybe I could hire a, an ex student someday to come in and maybe run this. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of, a lot of different ways to go in the future. Now I know you take your guys to races. Sometimes I actually, I think I met you the first time in 2017 yeah. at St. Louis and met Kate O'Grady who yep. actually worked for Travis Del Nicky that night. Cause I had a connection Correct. with him. That yep. was, yeah. So that, I think that's really cool that you, you take the, the students to the races and they get a chance all often to actually get their hands on a real race bike in a race, race situation. Yeah, a lot of the guys can intern. They can do different stuff um, those nights. And then also while they're there, like I said, it's a good time to, to find a job, to hand out resumes um, and see what it's like firsthand. And like you said, Cade, now you see where he's at. He's well on his way over at Factory <clears throat> uh, Factory Husky and loving it, man. But I have a lot of guys that I've placed in the past. Obviously, Jet Lawrence has one of my guys, Joe Shimoda, Max Volan, uh, Levi Kitchen, Daxton Benick. Um, the whole, pretty much the whole HEP Suzuki team minus Travis, um, basically has come through my, my program. Yeah, so, um, so two guys sucks. over Troy Lee, um, another guy, he's a test guy at pro circuit. So yeah, man, really good placement. Now, obviously that's not all placement just from last year, but over the last, you know, five or six years. Yeah, I've gotten to know Austin Watterson, who works for Max Volan, yeah. and Christian Ducharme a little bit, who's Jets yeah. Mechanics. And yeah, you do you know how many students over the years, how many total have actually gotten into the industry and worked at the professional level? Um, out of the students, now they may may still be in it, may, they may not have mm -hmm. stuck with it, but my percentage placements eighty to ninety percent. Wow. Yeah, that's that's impressive. Now, that's job percentage of uh, placement. Now, like I said, some of those guys may or may not have stuck with it. Sure, sure. I've had guys work for Josh Moseman. Um, uh, Garrett Hoffman has one of my guys. Like I said, a lot of privateers, um, a lot of amateurs, you know, just man, if they really work hard at it, they can make it. I see that it's uh, again, I keep saying it's very impressive when you look at the list of guys that you have currently working or have been working and the guys and the riders and the teams they work for it. It definitely seems that your school works. Um, have you don't have to give any names, obviously, but have you had any students come through that were just, yep, it's not going to happen. It's not going to work. They're just <clears throat> failures. Uh, not everybody can be Ricky Carmichael or Tiger <laughs> Woods, right? So, sure. I mean, um, I think that being said, there is guys that have come through my program that they just don't have the ability or they just, maybe they lose drive and they don't want to do it. Um, but yeah, every year I might have one or two that just don't want to do it or they come and they think they want to do it. And then maybe they realize that, Hey, this probably isn't going to be for me because maybe they missed their family or girlfriend or whatever the case may be. 
and then they end up going home. But, um, but very few that if they come here and work, I can't, I, I can't train them and where they can't make it. You know what I mean? They're, they're going to make it if they just work hard. Cause if they just do what I, you know, explain to them and follow along, they'll be fine. You know, they just got to work at it and get good at it. Do you ever get a chance to bring any of your ex students back in? Let's sit like a Cade or a Christian that maybe come in for a day or, you know, can just kind of talk to the students and tell them what they're dealing with. Um, a little bit, but again, you know, they're, they're busy. Sure. <laughs> um, but I had a local kid. He's actually working down at Caleb Russell's now. Um, he was a local guy. He stopped in a couple of times and talked to the guys and, you know, he had went through my program and then he was working for coastal GNCC team. Now he's working for Caleb. Um, he's been down there for a few months, but, um, yeah, he stopped in, but it's hard because, you know, like I'm in West Virginia. So all the other stuff is in, you know, California or stuff, stuff like that. But during high point time, obviously, sometimes they, some different teams and stuff will pop in and check out the school. Um, but it's tough to get those guys here. But we do FaceTime uh, a lot of the ex-students. Like we, just a couple weeks ago, we FaceTimed Christian, um, and he was building some stuff for Jet. So the guys got to see, you know, kind of firsthand what was going on. So I do set up some FaceTime calls for these guys, and they can ask them any question that they want. Um, and then they also get to see some pretty cool stuff behind the scenes, you know, so that's neat. Yeah, I think I think there's a lot of people. I hear this all the time. You know, how do I get to do what you do? Myself, I've, I've already said all this, but as, like doing yeah. media, or you hear that from the mechanics. So your school right. in Morgantown, West Virginia, prosxmxtech.com for the information. If this is something you guys have thought about, you want to be a mechanic, professional level. This is the place to go. This is the the school that will get you all the skills you need. Scott, it's really cool talking to you. I think it's awesome what you're doing. Yeah. Uh, I wish. And like go ahead. the science of Supercross last week said, uh, the first thing that you guys need to do is get an education. After that, then you need to have a connection um, to get you a job. And that's basically what we offer. So, you know, like I said, McGrath said it best. You got to get an education first. Yeah. And you really like the education part. You might be super skilled at mechanics and know everything there is about a dirt bike, but the the relationships and having people be able to get the doors open for you, as you talked about earlier with Chad uh, Sander for you, yeah. that's not easy to find. So you can do that. Right. Uh, well, Scott, man, I really appreciate you coming on and uh, visiting with Vital MX. And this has been a lot of fun. Yeah, I really appreciate it too, man. And uh, take care. And if any of you guys out there are thinking about it, just give me an email, give me a call. Um, I can walk you through the process of getting signed up. It's super easy. I still have a few spots available for October, but again, those spots usually fill up by March um, and then we'll be ready to go. Awesome. Thanks, man. All right. Thank you. I appreciate you. Yep.